As they leave Ukraine, what you're seeing behind me are Ukrainians who are coming in, fleeing, being allowed across the border. There is an enormous tent city that has been set up and structured behind me of different NGOs. The very first one, it's the golden one over my shoulder. You can see there's a white roof with the That's golden That's the sound of Rabbi Mark Fishman of Montreal's congregation Beth Tikva. He was standing at the Polish border with Ukraine on Tuesday, visiting a rescue tent run by Israeli relief workers, while streams of Ukrainian refugees crossed the border into Poland, fleeing the Russian invasion of their country. Fishman and two other rabbis from Montreal, Rabbi Adam Shire from the Shar Shemayim and Ruben Pupko from Beth Israel Beth Aaron, made a whirlwind fact-finding trip to Poland this week to see for themselves the humanitarian situation on the ground. They distributed money. They also brought suitcases full of warm winter clothes, which they brought with them from Canada. The three rabbis landed in Warsaw on Monday, and they made their way east, stopping at Polish hostels and train stations and even at Jewish buildings full of traumatized and exhausted newcomers, mostly Ukrainian women and children, and even some Jews. The rabbis know their trip can't solve the growing humanitarian crisis or stop the war, but they say they had to go and do something. There are two basic reasons to go. One, to bear to bear witness, to become a, an informed advocate. And the other is just to provide whatever assistance we could. And thankfully, we were given the opportunity to help some people. I, I think we are not naive. This was less than a drop in the ocean. I'm Ellen Basner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, March the 10th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. For some Jews, thinking about going back to Poland and helping Ukrainians with their Holocaust legacies stirs up complicated feelings. But the rabbis say they've discovered Jews need to put their memories of the past aside and help, and they are. We caught up with two of the rabbis Wednesday, just minutes before they were to board their flight back home to Montreal. Rabbi Shire is staying a few days longer, doing volunteer work. He's there with one of his daughters. Our airport interview is coming up, but first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Dara Solomon in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Yesterday, we told you that Wednesday was a milestone birthday for former Hamilton rabbi Bernard Baskin. He turned 102. We didn't realize Wednesday was also a big birthday for another Canadian rabbi. Rabbi Erwin Shield of Toronto's Adath Israel Synagogue also turned 102 on Wednesday. He's a Holocaust survivor, a rabbi emeritus, and his congregation put together an online 62-page book full of special messages and virtual wishes from his fans. Anybody else out there turning 102 who's a rabbi? Let us know. And joining me now from the gate at the Warsaw Airport in Poland are Rabbis Ruben Pupko and Mark Fishman. So uh, you're about to head back, Rabbis, to uh, Canada after a whirlwind fact-finding tour. First of all, uh, you also had a busy day today. Tell us what you saw today. Well, today we went to uh, a center in, in Lublin uh, where there are refugees gathering. It's actually a Jewish building, the old rabbinical seminary of Lublin. Yeshivat Chachmei Lublin, which has been turned into a welcoming point. We also saw there the Minister for Diaspora Affairs, who was here in Poland from Israel. Nachman Shai was there, also providing aid. I have to tell you, and I, I read with Rabbi Fishman and Rabbi Shai yesterday, what we saw at the border 
that's taking place there uh, on behalf of the state of Israel is remarkable. What they are doing on the ground, no one else has been able to do. And uh, to see the Israeli flag there and to see um, the emissaries of the state of Israel on the ground, it's remarkable because they're not there uh, for, for, old, for the Jewish uh, community, uh, members, of, uh, members of, of the community that are leaving Ukraine. They're there for everybody. And every Jew should be proud. Rabbi Fishman, you actually were doing uh, your news correspondent, uh, you know, video there right at the at the uh, tent. Um, you said that it was um, incredible to see. Uh, tell us what it looked like when you went in there, actually inside the tent. So the first the first thing that you see are women and children. There's very few men who are by foot walking across the border and all that they are carrying with them is a backpack and very little else. And when you look into their faces, their eyes are full of fear and hopelessness. I can't imagine what it must feel like to pick up a singular tiny bag and leave one's home. The security and comfort of, of one's bed, of one's house, and walk over to a different country. And the first thing, as, as my colleague Rabbi Pupko just pointed out, the first thing they were greeted by was the state of Israel. Now, it was a small tent. It was a tiny tent, and it was cold. But the first thing that a refugee fleeing for their lives from the Ukraine is greeted by is the state of Israel. Inside the tent, it is full of medicines, and there are teams of people on relay coming in constantly, daily, with streams of new medicines of every type and variety, refilling these shelves so that anybody who needs any type of medical aid or assistance is provided it. You are rabbis. You obviously went. Did you wear your kippahs? Did you, were you, they knew you were Jewish. Did you experience any anti-Semitism or any funny looks or what have you? No, but I will tell you, though, is when the Jewish refugees see us there, when they see Hatzalah, right. again, the overwhelming majority of the refugees are, of course, not Jewish, but those who are, who see the Israeli flag, who see us wearing a kippah, and they come over to us, pointing to themselves and going, shloima, shloima, meaning I'm a Jew, is really uh, a host of very unforgettable encounters. And uh, thankfully, we're able to help a little bit. Why did you go? What purpose is such a lightning trip to go? I'd love to hear. When we made the decision on the spur of the moment, just days before we, we took the plane, we did not realize the scope. And even today, the magnitude of this is still unfolding. We could be dealing with something in a month from now, in a year from now, where we will look back and say this was the origin of this catastrophe. So the first thing we have to realize is to be a little humble. This is a ongoing humanitarian crisis. Number two, we went not because we were going to solve the problem or make a dent in this problem, but because a singular human being is worthy of an entire world. And to make one difference to one person is to save an entire world. That's why we went. You saw children sleeping in a train station, Rabbi Fishman, and you gave them balloons. It's heartbreaking. You know, when I, when I said goodbye to my children, the youngest of whom is four years old, I had a conversation with her and I said, but Sheva, why am I going? And we had spoken about it earlier in the day and her answer was, because of the Jewish people. 
and that was on her level as a four-year-old her level of understanding and I said I'm going to help the Jewish people so when I walked into a train station of children some infants and there were even newborns I immediately thought of my four-year-old daughter and my other children and it is a jarring shocking harrowing moment because you immediately put yourself into that reality of there but by the grace of God go I if I can just if I can just add something which is so powerfully um, a, a footnote to that comment is really the Jewish principle found in the Torah of not hating an Egyptian if there would be any nation that the Jewish people would naturally harbor resentment and animosity towards it would be the Egyptians and the reason given because you were strangers in the land of Egypt notwithstanding the brutality that we suffered at their hands we were residents in their land and I am struck by the fact that yes the brutality and sometimes murderously so that the Jewish community has suffered in Ukraine and in Poland and yet it is the Jewish people whether represented by on-the-ground aid organizations or extensions of Israeli NGOs it is an incredible irony that can give hope in this darkness that it is us who have suffered so much persecution who are at the forefront of giving help and assistance so what are you going to do when you get back home now what's what's the next steps for the two of you what we plan on doing when we get home is talking about this and encouraging our, our communities and, and encouraging our organizations to do whatever they can. And also very important, what we did is not spectacular or heroic. It's very easy to do. You go to your airport, you fly, you know, it's very easy to hook up with the aid organizations to help out for a day, a week, a month. And, we, and if, if, if there's medical professionals in, uh, in Canada who want to come and help, there's certainly a desperate need for medical professionals. In other words, we're going back to encourage uh, members of our community to step up, to do what they can, even to take the trip and to go see for themselves and to help. Uh, it w w would be a remark would be a wonderful thing. So we're encouraging a greater involvement in the cause. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout out goes to Ron Diamond of Montreal. He wrote in to remind me that our podcast about the first bat mitzvah in North America, should have mentioned the actual name of the rabbi whose daughter had the first one in 1922. It was, of course, Rabbi Mordechai Kaplan, who was the founder of Reconstructionist Judaism. And we'll end the show with another bit of Rabbi Fishman's trip to see the situation with Ukrainian refugees inside Poland. This is him in a Polish train station where he was helping to blow up some balloons for the refugees. I'm here with some newfound friends as we're blowing up some balloons and in what is a very difficult, challenging situation. Amazingly, we've been able to put some smiles on some children's faces. <laughs> I've made a new friend here. And this is a, a, a desperate place. This is, this is really, there are hundreds of children, some even infants that are on the floor, sleeping on rags with mothers, there's very few men in this entire place and uh, this is the train station on the Ukrainian border on the Polish side where hundreds of children and mothers have fled and we're trying to put a little bit of cheer onto some children's faces 
it's an exceptional experience. I'm not quite sure even what to make of it right now. Truly, uh, I, I don't have the words. Thank you.